John. Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? Good. You can hear me okay? I can hear you great. How about you? Loud and clear so I can savor <laughs> your wisdom and insight. Oh, brother. <laughs> this is Jim English, and welcome to the Who Gives a Shit Files. And we have a USC podcast with the Who Gives a Shit Files consultant and all things known USC football. And we have something very exciting to talk about, and that's Lincoln Riley. So, John, tell us what your thoughts are. Um, have you been keeping track of this, Jim? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. My, my thoughts can change minute by minute. Um, how about that basketball team, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, it's, um, it, I don't even know where to start. It, obviously, when, when they announced that, that they got Lincoln Riley, you know, I mean, you're talking about there's Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney. And, you know, this guy is arguably the third best college football coach in the country. And so, I mean, what's not to be excited uh, about that. Um, but uh, were you stunned you know, when you heard it? Because of... I know, uh, I know, John, you keep up on all this stuff. Did you hear before it was announced that Lincoln Riley was coming here? Uh, no, because it was they did a uh, Mike Bone, the athletic director, and uh, the people that support him, they did a really good job of keeping it quiet and up until hours before the announcement you know i was thinking and hoping for matt campbell i would have preferred dave aranda but you know i could certainly live with um, matt campbell i've watched him coach on tv a bunch of times and and uh you know, he's a really good coach. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. But no, I, I really had no idea. And then, you know, there's little hints dropped over the internet. And, um, but, but, but I was expecting an announcement by this Monday for sure, but I did not know who it was going to be. This is a freaking showstopper. Uh, this guy, first of all, it's the first time in college football history, at least that's what the pundits are saying, that a brand, a coach at a brand name school like Oklahoma goes to another brand name school like USC. Yeah, Blue Bloods is what they call them. Yes. So they <laughs> went from Blue Blood to Blue Blood. Now you yeah. got Notre Dame going to LSU, and I guess it's debatable whether LSU is a Blue Blood or not. But this is this. I couldn't be. I'm in a euphoric bliss. I couldn't be more happy. Well, um, I'm pretty happy too. Although I, I will say this: the the transition period, uh, which started this week, uh, it's not off to a real smooth start just yet. Talk um, more. Talk more well, about that, please. Well, it, it was pretty obvious that, you know, some of the, the coaches uh, 
you know, like Todd Orlando, the defensive coordinator, and several of the others had pretty much uh, checked out. And a lot of the players had, too. And it really showed up in the effort or lack thereof of the Trojans in just about every game until the last one against BYU. They showed a pulse, you know. And um, uh, so so anyway, um, it was obvious that there was a bit of fracturing on the team. Um, some some no were question. all in and some were not. And uh, Most weren't. Most coaches weren't. I mean, US, US, the UCLA game was total debacle. Oh, it was, it was, it was the worst. You know, it was the worst defensive performance I can remember ever of the Trojans. And there's been like, uh, uh, you know, in the top ten worst defensive performances ever for the Trojans. At least five of them have to come this year. No question. I mean, no, I, you know, the Oregon smoke. State game at home. I mean, that was reprehensible. The UCLA game. I mean, what a joke! What a joke! Yeah, it was terrible. I, he's got a lot of work to do, but boy, I got to tell you, he's he has got some momentum right now, and USC. There's a guy I listen to, his name's Colin Cowherd, and I tape his show every day, and I play chess, and I listen to it. And he Congratulations. Talks, he's so full of crap, I can't believe it. But anyway, well, all he's, <laughs> he's one all, of those guys, he's like Jim Rome. He loves to hear himself talk. He does. <laughs> but right now, I have never heard him talk more college football, and specifically about uh, USC and what this means to the USC program. I mean, he's just infatuated with Lincoln Riley and he had Lincoln Riley on his show. Yeah, I saw that. Oh gosh, his poise, his humility. Like I love the words counter count culture and accountability, you know, and I think he's going to change it. You know, it'll take a little while, but I think that, you know, in the next couple of years that he'll have him in the final four. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, when it first happened, I pretty much thought that it could happen within two years, but now I don't know. Um, because of, uh, just how fractured the team is. Um, and do you, do you know that you has a recruiting class, uh, of, exactly four players and one of them is a punter from australia <laughs> i'm serious uh, i thought they had 11 john are you sure about that look at that jim really they have yeah. four players yeah they have a defensive back they have a uh a uh, an edge rusher the punter and one. that's all they've got jesus They've, I mean, that, they've had, they've had three, uh, three of them, you know, pretty good defensive backs, and we'll get to that later. Um, have decommitted, but now having said all that, um, no sooner did Lincoln Riley sign with SC than uh, Malcolm uh, Malachi, who's a quarterback from Los Alamitos. 
and the top rated quarterback in the country, um, uh, he's, he switched his commitment. He's a 23. He'll be in next year's class. Um, he switched his commitment from Oklahoma to join Lincoln Riley at USC. So, so it's just a, I, I, hopefully it's just a temporary, uh, you know, fly. I think it is. Um, but it's really quite interesting. You know, obviously a lot of these, most of the people that Lincoln Riley recruited are defensive backs. And I, to be honest, I don't know why, because if you look, if you watch his actual coaching of defensive backs, it's like, man, I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to learn what not to do from this guy. <laughs> but, but apparently he's a very good relationship builder and he seems to be a, a decent guy. Um, but um, most of his work uh, last year, SC signed six good defensive backs, you know, um, and so that seems to be his his one area of expertise. He can he can recruit defensive backs with a bet, but he can't coach them. So anyway, well, hopefully you'll get somebody in there that will. And also, well, it's not going to be Dante Williams because he's gone. Oh, Dante Williams is gone. He's gone. Oh, he'll be gone after Saturday. He will. So, yes. And is who else is going to be gone after Saturday? You think? Um, I would say probably all of them. Um, there's only a couple that that you know a lot of the the fan base and and. I included um, the offensive line coach this year, believe it or not, uh, Clay McGuire. You know, he was from, you know, central Arkansas State or I don't know where he came from, some some small college in Texas. And uh, uh, he did a really good job with their offensive line. Believe it or not, I think this is a bit of a stretch. But I just looked at the Pac-12, uh, uh, the all Pac-12 team just now, and three of the offensive linemen on the first team are from USC. Really? It really. And these none of these guys are like pro prospects or anything. So, you know, you've got you've got two of them are small and slow, you know. But they made they made first team, you know. And uh, I think he did a really good job. If you watch the the running game um, uh, pick up, and it's too bad it, it uh, took Dante Williams half a season to figure out that Don, the, uh, that uh, Ingram was is a pretty good back to say the least. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you watched him, but it's pretty good. Uh, yeah. He's really good, and it's too bad it took the guy half a season to figure that out. Um, but uh, and you know, for the most part, the the quarterbacks, you know, were under duress. But still, I I think McGuire was a huge improvement over what they had before. And if you listen to him um, interviewed, he's very logical. And hardworking, uh, 
just a good guy and a good coach. I, I wish that they would keep him. However, Oklahoma's um, uh, offensive line coach is their top coach. So um, he's probably going to come over. Is your thoughts? Yeah. And they, they probably don't need to, but if they did, uh, you know, McGuire, he seemed to work the hardest of all the coaches besides Dante Williams. I, I, you know, I can't accuse that guy of not working. That's for sure. Uh, Especially in the interim situation he was in, he just, he just was in way over his head and, you know, was not only unqualified, but uh, I just don't know that he, at this stage, even has the temperament or wherewithal to be a head coach. You know, well, he's certainly not ready to mess. be one. I now. mean, he inherited just a, a you know, a dumpster <laughs> fire. It just, there was no, there's no getting around it. It's just awful. Yeah, but he made it worse, Jim. Uh, yeah, he didn't help. Thing to to you know, he was one of those guys that was big on platitudes, and you know, you you threw out a couple of buzzwords early in our podcast here, like accountability and blah Culture. blah blah. Culture, but he he talked about that from the beginning, and we've seen none of it. And and the team and before the before the BYU game which for some reason they showed a pulse um, that was the, you know, they just quit in pretty much every game, you know? So I don't know. It's, uh, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't think Dante Williams will be missed one bit, to be honest. Maybe, yeah. maybe by, I, I mean, you know, okay, let's assume the guy is great at recruiting defensive backs. Okay. And but he hasn't shown the ability to put a to put a finished product on the field at all. And the same was true at Oregon, believe it or not. I mean, he recruited a lot of great uh, high school defensive backs. But, you know, these guys, you know, that were like five star ended up being, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round draft choices. So I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it. You know, you don't see it. Well. You know, it's interesting that you say that because what I did is I pulled up Rivals, and according to Rivals, USC has got five recruits. And so... Well, they lost another one yesterday. Today, so it may not have been updated. Okay, so they are ranked behind. Have you ever heard of a school called Campbell College or University? (laughs) No. But I wouldn't put... I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even concern yourself with that right now to be honest because you know letter of intent you've got everything is going to start moving in a big way after saturday um and letter of intent day is the 15th which is in two weeks from yesterday so not this coming weekend but the following weekend a bunch of recruits in for official visits and Riley, the the day he was hired, was out recruiting, and he was doing in home visits with a couple of recruits in Las Vegas. So uh, things are going to change. I mean, what what's that? What where they're at right now is not really relevant to to what happened. I mean, it's relevant in the fact that they've taken a hit, a big hit, 
Um, and whether it's four or five players that, or Campbell, none of that stuff really matters, right? They didn't. You know, they they are beating now. Ball State, though, John. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> How about Slippery Rock? Are, are they are they ahead of that? Uh, well, Northern <laughs> Illinois is like ten spots above them right now. <laughs> wow. Appalachian State is twelve. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's just. So hopefully, too, is that the portal will serve USC well, that people will from the, you know, they'll they'll bring in some portal guys. Well, that's very interesting that you bring that up because they're going to live and die with the portal this year. Yeah. And uh, don't be shocked if he doesn't bring in uh, that quarterback, uh Williams, I think his name is from Oklahoma. That was a he was a freshman that was uh, rated number one quarterback, and Jackson Dart was rated number two. And he loves Riley, and don't be shocked if he follows Riley out here. That and would be terrific. That kid, that guy's he, unreal. He's he was so good. so good against Oklahoma State. I mean, he was so good. Well, he, he kept was great against game. Texas, too, believe that, me. Oh, he was. Yeah, because yeah. that's when he replaced Rattler. And, I mean, he's so good. Yeah. They benched Rattler, who was yeah. supposed to be a Heisman Trophy. I know that what he was talking about and what I've heard him say, or I've re- I haven't heard him say this, but I read this, is that, you know, his strategy, Lincoln Riley's strategy, is to, you know, just put up a iron curtain around Southern California. And if you can dominate those recruits, just the way Pat Carroll did, Pat Pete Carroll, Carroll, sorry, Pete Carroll. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <I> Pat. Hi, <laughs> Pat. Um, Pat, uh, Pat Carroll is John's brother-in-law and a golfing buddy of mine. <laughs> so uh, sorry about that, Pete. So if they could do that, because I have to tell you, you know, there are so many, like, for example, the Trinity League. Right, which is you know right in USC's backyard, and they had before the playoffs started, they had three teams in the top ten in one league in in the country. This is nationally right? ranked, yeah, nationally ranked. Yeah. And another one that was in the top ten was Corona, Cent- Corona Centennial, and these are all within fifty miles of USC. So right. if they can, if they can like recruit well, uh, modern day Bosco and Olu and Servite, I mean, you know, they got enough to make final fours every year. Well, that's the way it used to be, but somehow that went away, you know, just slowly eroded with time. Um, yeah, it's. And, I, but, I the, mean, but one thing that's emerged, though, as far as re- recruiting goes, uh, if SC wants to be competitive, they can't rely on from California because they're there's they're few and far the the blue chip linemen in this state are few and far between. Now, as far as quarterbacks go and stuff like receivers, that, receivers, running backs, yeah, linebackers, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, but, you're, you're going to have to get your hogs from, you know, Texas and, and Florida, Florida and Georgia. Yeah, yeah you Georgia, know, those yeah, exactly. areas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and if mean, you could do that, you know, pick off a couple every year. 
you know, they have to, they don't have a choice. So, right. Um, but you know, to illustrate your point, the, uh, their top two, uh, SC's top two quarterbacks on their wish list going in was, uh, this guy Malachi Nelson and a kid from uh, what's what's the name of that school over on the six oh five? I don't know. He's got a funny name. His name is Nico, and I watched him play against. Uh, oh, Warren is the name of the school. And I oh watched yeah, him, I yeah. watched him play against um, one of their uh, a Downey, which is their one of their rivals, you know. Yeah. And he's really good. And they say that this guy, Malachi Nelson, is even better. And then you can just go back a year or two and look at Bryce Young and uh, um, uh, the the guy that went to Clemson. DJ, yeah. Yeah, DJ. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is that Cronadel Mar, John, and I, it was actually on TV, played Warren. And they knocked this quarterback out in the first quarter, or they, or Cronin Del Mar would have been destroyed. And his younger brother, who was a freshman, was the backup quarterback for Warren. Yeah, you, this the, uh, these guys are good, and also to the guy from Los Al, he's been quarterbacking since they were freshmen, since he was a freshman there. Well, that's the guy that committed to SC. That's. And I'm hearing that the modern so the modern day running back in the CIF finals got like 140 yards on like 15 carries, and he it tweeted out that he may go to SC. He's um, probably going to go to SC. That guy's good. and it's and it'll probably be announced within a day or two. Also. I hope so. I yeah. hope so because the little is, guy, right? The little fast guy. Yeah, he's brown. He's, he's a fidget name. blur, <clears throat> yeah. you know, twitchy guy, and you know, he's like, uh, you know, what, um, you know, like Waddle, maybe. I mean, he's really, really fast, and you get him in space, and he's going to create all sorts of havoc. He's not, you know, he's not <laughs> the guy that's going to move the linebackers out of the trenches, but he's, you know. He's a fidget, twitchy sort of athlete. And, you know, you can always use those, especially. He's one of the guys. He's one of the guys that uh, Riley went to see on his first day on the job. I love it. Because he's going to be, that's the type of guy that Riley can, you know, get him in space and, you know, put him in one-on-one situations. If you if the if he you know the first guy misses, then he's off to the races. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't be more in my, you know, my wildest dreams. I couldn't imagine that they would get Lincoln Riley. I thought it would be. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, it just when I when I saw it, I thought it was hallucinating. I but, was hoping for. Uh, uh, Aranda. Aranda. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And he would have been a good coach. I mean, he's doing great things at Baylor. And... Too bad they can't have Riley and him because uh, <laughs> that's my only concern about Riley is um, he hasn't proven that he can do defense, you know. Um, he has not. Yeah, no, I, I don't he know if not. you watched it, but the um, the I watched the whole – uh, Oklahoma Texas game it went and it was like a, it was a track meet like it was and 
there's a freshman receiver that Texas had named Worthy, and uh, other than one bad drop, uh, uh, Oklahoma made him look like uh, Randy Moss and Jerry Rice put together. You know, I mean, he was just running free all day. It was amazing. It was. It was a. An you don't amazing, like I, seeing that. I, I'm telling you. <laughs> The Oklahoma-Texas basketball game may not score as many points as the football <laughs> teams did. Yeah. But, but yeah. you know, having, having watched, you know, a horrendous secondary all year, you know, and you see something like that uh, as, you know, it's like, whoa, you know, do we really want Alex Grinch as the coordinator? You know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm concerned about that. I'd be lying if I, was, if I wasn't. Well, and we all know that you're an honest man, John. And, and also, too, is that that is the, that is the chink in his armor. There's no question about it. And now, the, the, you know, even now they should be able to get enough talent that they should be able to win the track meets. It's also too is like, so there's one, okay, Utah and and uh, Oregon are viable schools in the pack in the pack twelve. Other than that, there's nothing. There's nothing. Stanford sucks. UCLA sucks. The Arizona well, schools UCLA are not good. is is really going to be bad next year because. Oh. They're all seniors. Yeah. Um, now they weren't that you, good this year. I'll tell you, uh, the team that impresses me right now is Utah. I don't know yes. if you watch them. Just at they took uh, Oregon behind the shed and beat the daylights out of them. I was ec- ecstatic to see, and they're going to do it again on uh, in the conference championship game. They're 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 a very physical team, and they've got some some. They've got a good quarterback and a good running back, also. And they and, got a good uh, coach. Big. He, yeah, yeah. They're, Whittingham I, is good. I I mean I they agree. make SC's they made SC look like a bunch of little kids. They're so big and physical, and they, they did are. the same thing to Oregon too. Yeah, they're. They're, uh, you know, they're they win the the game in the trenches, yeah. And, but uh, you know, so you got you Utah. don't want to see them in the playoffs. Trust me, no. Because I, I, you know, they've got three losses, so they're not going. But but physically, that team can hang with anyone. Yes, and you know, can you believe San Diego State beat them? Uh, I barely. Although San yeah. Diego State, I think, is ranked right now still. Yeah, they are. I mean, there's a team that should be in the Pac-12. They had to take, San Diego, <laughs> take San Diego State and Boise State, put them in the Pac-12. But and, the, the point is... And is get rid of Cal and Stanford. You bet. <laughs> they don't want to play football. No, there. they don't. Stanford looks so bad, although they did beat Oregon. Well, which you probably Cal? love that. How about Cal? I mean, the, the they they can't even field a football team because of COVID testing and and restrictions and stuff. And the, you know, there was a meeting. Well, I, I you know I I won't go into it in great detail, but sure, the, go into it in great detail. Well, Two hours on the podcast. The coach is really pissed at uh, what's been going on up there, and you know, the culture is such that. 
if these guys, you know, they've all been vaccinated, of course. And if these guys play football at Berkeley, now, does this surprise you, Jim, that they're uh, ostracized by the student body? Isn't that ridiculous? Well, you know, I think so. But I mean, that's Cal, you know. Yeah, it uh, is. I mean, I don't want, you know, we don't, we don't talk politics on this thing, but, you know, football and liberal Berkeley is not exactly compatible. No. And when was the last time Cal ever won anything? Like never, you know, they They haven't won anything since they had Chuck Muncie and Joe Roth. Yeah. I was just going to (laughs) say, and Bob Curry. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Bob Curry. Well, no, they weren't winning yet when Bob was there. But uh, anyway, well, maybe yeah. they were. I don't know. But yeah, it's, anyway, but that's the point is, is it, it, it would be easy for somebody, not easy, but it's very viable for somebody, uh, for Lincoln Riley to, to become the perennial bully of the Pac 12, yeah, a la Pete Carroll. Yeah, and he's I, got. You know, he'll probably have a year like, I don't know if you remember Pete Carroll's first year, but they were still pretty bad. They were. Um, uh, You know, Carson Palmer hadn't really started to get good yet. And, uh, you know, they had the the famous Sonny Bird at running back. I mean, God bless him. He tried, but. You know, he was a reserve fullback and he's there becomes their starting tailback. And, you know, they had the debacle of the Las Vegas Bowl and the punter taking off against Notre Dame. He panicked and just about <laughs> cost him the game. It's another let bad still, but they you could the effort was noticeably better. And yes, therefore, right away they became more fun to watch than they, they had been. And I think that's what you're going to see next year. I mean, at least they'll put up a fight because if they don't, if these guys don't want to play football, they're not going to be there. They'll be gone. And um, I, I saw a prediction this morning. There's going to be a turn roster turnover of like 40 guys, 40 of them. That's so, huge. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. So, and to anyway. your point, the tr- when when you're losing that, you know, you're churning that many players, the transfer portal becomes so important. Oh, it's it's key, and and um, they're, they're you know you can expect them to get some pretty darn good guys from Oklahoma. You know, absolutely. And hope that Williams guy, you know, the quarterback, it'd be great. Yes. I don't know if Jackson Dark's going to like it too well, but I would. Yeah, I would. You know, I mean, it's, you know, that's the survival of the fittest. And, Pretty much. I mean, that's the way it used to be at USC. Yeah. There's, you know, you don't, you know, there you was, know, there's no coddling there. No. Yeah. It's, it'll, I think, I think that he develop he develops this team into being, the bully of the Pac-12 perennially. Every now and then, somebody will rise up and beat them um, in the form of... But, you know, see, the thing is, is Oregon, they get most of their... A lot of their, like, really good recruits come from the Trinity League. And, you know, I'm sure that Lincoln Riley is out pressing palms with all those coaches as we speak. (laughs) 
yeah. try to establish relationships. And if you can get just get the Trinity League players, you know, that's good enough to win the Pac-12 most years, just that one league by itself. Well, and, and maybe- especially when you consider that the guy's like a – he's – I mean, he's an offensive guru. I mean, you know, his first, his first two quarterbacks were transfers who won the Heisman Trophy. Yes, that's that's pretty amazing. And he even uh, developed Jalen Hurts, who got replaced at Alabama because he couldn't throw a pee in the ocean. And now Jalen Hurts is starting in the NFL for. I know. I mean, look at, I mean, Baker Mayfield is clearly a marginal NFL franchise quarterback. He'll never be. He clearly marginal. Yet in college, he was excellent. He was the number one pick, and that was because of Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. And... Well, don't don't put a don't put a Johnny Manziel brand on that guy just yet. But but you're right. He's never going to be like you know a perennial Pro Bowl guy. I, he no. may, I don't know if he's even been. But you know who knows with him. But the other guy is uh, Murray doing a. He's doing a hell of a job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, watch. He... I watched I watched a game that I can't remember the team he's on, but. Uh, Arizona? That, no, that Jalen Hurts, I watched him play on TV. You know, I don't watch a lot of pro football, but I watch some. And and it's like, what's gotten into him? He can pass. And, yes, he you know, can. We all, we all knew that he could. He was a really good runner. You know, I, I thought he might even go to the NFL as a running back, honestly. That's what and I he, thought, or wide receiver maybe or something. Yeah. But yeah. And you so, know, I think I think that I I really couldn't be more optimistic. I, you know, I am reticent about the defense and their defensive track record. I mean, there's no question about it that they win. They you know they got downhill fast break offense. Both at yeah, back. it's not. They're not geared to ball control. That's for no, sure. That's no, that's not no, their no. thing. They're, yeah, they're not going to win. You know, they're not going to hold Oregon to 10 points. You know well, they're not I mean? going to hold themselves to 10 points either. No, <laughs> it's I mean, it'll be, it'll be fast, wide open football. Yeah. And, but now one know, thing that, that they have, they do have at least some running attack too, which is good. They do. No, he's, I mean, there's no question about his off. It did surprise me, John. I mean, the one, once again, the chink in the armor, one thing that did surprise me that is bringing his defensive coordinator with him. That that surprised me too. I wasn't real happy about that. No, I won't yeah, say I, it gave me the sickening feeling in the pit of my stomach, like when I heard that. Uh, hey, I heard Hayden announcing Steve Sarkeesian, but I I, I wasn't thrilled about that. I can remember right exactly where I was when. Uh, <laughs> I I I I could have predicted. Some things you just know are not going to end well, and that was one of them. But I, yes. I don't know about this Alex Grinch guy. I mean, he's a, I mean, his, I guess he did decent at Washington State under, the, under the pirate Mike Leach, um, but, you know, um, and he he held Sam Darnold. In- 
back a couple of years ago. And um, of course, that was when Darnold first became known as a turnover machine. But anyway, um, so we'll see about him. I, I mean, I we'll see about about him. But I also get the feeling that if he doesn't perform that that Riley will replace him. In yeah, Chalbella, Sayonara, Dos Vidania, That's what I'm thinking. Yes, yeah. he'll, he'll be gone. Right. He'll be gone because he's not, you know, it's, it's, I just love the way Riley carries himself. Oh, I know. He's you as know? serious as a heart attack, man. He wants he to do is. this. Yeah, Patty, my, you know, Patty, my wife was watching him and she goes, that's USC's football coach. He's not exactly a cigar chomping, you know, Bobby Bowden, John McKay type, you know, he's kind of a, you know, he looks more like an accountant, uh, but. Well, he does have the stubble going, you know, of course, yeah, I does. guess that's fashionable now. So. I do. And actually, I have a little <laughs> stubble going myself here, John. Well, me too, but it's just because I'm too lazy to shave. I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. I love the stubble look because I just don't like shaving. Yeah. So. Yeah, me either. Well, so, uh, yeah, okay. A couple other things I wanted to mention here. You heard it here first, okay, is that Iowa is going to beat Michigan in the big 12 championship. Yeah. And I'm supposed to care about that. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, I wanted to make a bold prediction. Okay. I want to make a bold prediction. I think that the emotional hangover that, that Michigan is going to have from winning their biggest game in 15 years is going to translate to a flat performance and Iowa is going to take advantage of that. Yeah, that's probably true. That so, happens a lot. Yeah, so that's that's my big prediction. So we're almost 40 minutes into the podcast here, John, and as always, it is extremely entertaining getting <laughs> your perspective on USC football. Is there anything else you would like to talk about? Well, the forum think- is open to John Garner. I think this, these are going to be just a, a flurry of activity. And um, uh, they, um, okay, so let me backtrack just a little bit. When Riley, for two days after Riley was hired, there was, a, you know, the, everything, the whole team was a buzz. And then... Uh, all of a sudden, on Wednesday, they came out from to practice, and they were 45 minutes late getting um, getting onto the field because there was a players-only meeting, and a bunch of the older players said that they didn't want to go up to Berkeley and play that game. Um, Dante Williams uh, called a full team meeting right after that to kind of try to restore order. But that just goes to show you that a lot of these players are not engaged. And um, I think, you know, um, I wish that if they didn't want to go, if they didn't want to play, don't play, don't go. There's plenty of guys that want to go. So, so that was kind of a shocking to so hear. These were, and there, go ahead. I have a couple questions here. So these were seniors who didn't want to play well, in their no, last no. game? 
No, we don't know what cla- uh, class they oh, okay. were. Okay. And we also don't know <clears throat> which ones or how many. However, we do know that uh, it was not only brought up, but it was a, a, a major part of this players only meeting. And um, so, you know, if, if Chris Steele or whatever the, you know, the guy, you know, the other corner who he couldn't cover me, um, if they don't want to go, then leave them home and let some younger guys have a chance, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, so, so anyway, that, that's one thing that happened. And um, I read a report by one of the, the guys on WeRSC.com that covers the practices. And, and, and he said it was one of the strangest uh, atmospheres that, that he's ever seen. They had a short practice. Uh, so, so who knows? So that's where we are right now. I haven't heard anything from today yet at all, but, but it's worth, it's worth staying on top of, you know, all day long. And it will be until after a letter of intent day, which is uh, in two weeks, um, Wednesday, the 15th. So expect a lot of fallout. Uh, Who knows what's going to happen on, on Saturday, because, you know, you've got Cal fighting their mess with the city of the Berkeley Health Department, and then you've got USC, and neither team really wants to be there. They, you know, neither one of them are bowl eligible, and it's like, it's kind of almost like, uh, why are they doing this? And the game was canceled initially, so there's that. Um, It's going to be really interesting to watch that and then right afterwards it's going to get even more interesting because that's when you'll hear that Dante Williams is going to be elsewhere heads are going to roll yeah yeah heads are going to that's when the heads are going to start rolling (laughs) and then you know that leaves them with uh about what about 10 between then and letter of intent day so again like I said they're going to have a very big weekend uh, next weekend, you know, with a lot of key recruits. And, you know, there's going to be coaching hires and uh, it's just chaos right now. I mean, yes, they have Lincoln Riley and that's that he's going to be the rock of the program. But, but personally, I think next year, I mean, obviously, spring practice will tell us a lot, but but I think to expect miracles from him next year, there's just too much stacked against him. Yeah. And so I don't think SC is going to like really be a serious national contender until uh, uh, 2023. Well said, John, and I thank you for being on the Who Gives a Shit file as the USC football consultant. And I'm hoping you put that on your resume because it is an exalted <laughs> title. And... Well, I think it's a very prestigious honor, Jane. <laughs> All right, John. <laughs> and thank you very much for being on the show. My pleasure. And we'll have to revisit this uh, after uh, Saturday. Let's do it next week. Okay. Sounds good. All right, John. Thanks, Jim. Bye.
Take care. Bye-bye.